Hello and welcome to the Motown Philly podcast. I am Tim Golden here with my co-host, the illustrious. Why do I do that? <laughs> Jason Hall. What yes. Up, yes. Illustrious is correct, Jason. Nah, we are we are just pleased to be with you today on this. Jason, guess what this episode is? This is episode Sweet, Sweet 16. 16. Sweet yeah. 16 of the Motown yeah. Philly podcast. One six. Can you believe it? Wow. Time is marching on and you and I are putting out the content. We're not here to tell you that your feelings don't matter. We're not here to tell you that the facts and the evidence doesn't matter. We're here to tell you that both of them matter. And we're here to address the totality of the human person, your reason and Mm -hmm. your emotions. Mm -hmm. And so Jason and I want to just welcome you to episode 16. Jason, I can't believe the time has gone so quickly. And what else I can't believe is how blessed we are to have such an awesome community of followers and subscribers and listeners people who make this podcast go because without all of you who are listening, who are making us part of your day, mm-hmm. who are giving us the privilege yep. of coming into your car, your home, coming over your, your phones, your computers, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. We just want you to know here at Motown Philly that we are tickled pink. We are excited and we are appreciative of all the great things that your listening does for us. It keeps us going. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you. And thanks again, Jason. I know you want to give gratitude too. always super grateful, always super thankful for each and every one of you. I mean, literally each and every one of you, we do look at the analytics. Um, we are growing each and every week, each and every month. And as I check them out, I mean, it's just amazing to know that we're averaging for a brand new podcast uh, chick at least 50 50 downloads weekly. Um, Sometimes that spikes up a little higher and it is continuing to grow for for two individuals who don't we promote but you know we don't have a marketing engine behind us is word of mouth and people are sharing it with their families and friends and we're sharing it with our families and friends. And they're sharing it and it's just continues to grow and watching the analytics is so encouraging to let um, us, Tim and I know that that you guys really resonate with what we're doing and what Tim and I try and do every episode is provide an open conversation of exploration that is sincere and genuine, not contrived, but just something that really lands at the heart and at the soul that you know sparks the mind to 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 think to to have thoughts that potentially never thought about before or something that you often think about that resonate with you and in your environment your family that you might you know just evolve to be a better person like we are tim and i often say we don't have all the answers but what we do have, we want to share and create open conversations and an open mind to to go at life in a more healthier way, or at least as healthy as possible. That's one of our goals. And we do it 
you know what? We do it through communication and connecting and creating communities. And um, that's what life's all about. We love it. That's that's right, Jason. That's what it's all about. That's what we're all about here at the Motown Philly Podcast. Jason is from Detroit, the Motor City, home of Motown Records. I, Tim Golden, am from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. So we are we are blessed to be with you. And again, we want to thank you. We're trying to reach a goal of 500 downloads per week. Mm-hmm. Once we do that, we can enter the realm of some serious advertising and we just want to thank you for being here with us at the very beginning. Thank you for all your support. Mm-hmm. And we could not do this without you. One day when we're up at over about 2000 downloads a week and you have we, Jason and I have to pause to read advertisements to pay the bills. Right. We will remember all of you. OG subscribers who, who have been with us since August of 2022. So that said, thank you again so much. Well, Jason, we're here today on episode 16 to approach a new subject, which is going to be social media and communication, Mm. social media and communication. Mm. And as you and I talked about this topic in preparation for today, one of the things that we came across is this idea that it's this is sort of two shows in one because it's not really possible to talk about social media and communication without talking about technology exactly and communication right because social media is an outgrowth of technology's proliferation over the past 25 or 30 years that has just exploded into a universe now where some say we are brought closer together, but then others would say we're seemingly further apart mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. we have ever been. True. It's interesting that in a world in which we communicate through almost all of our communication is mediated through technology, especially what we're doing now, right? Exactly. We we're using technology for this podcast. And so I'm interested today in in the good side of this. Mm -hmm. But I also don't want our listeners to leave thinking that technology has no blind spots because Mm -hmm. I think it does. And I think social media has blind spots. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, maybe a good lead into our discussion, Jason, is a movie. It's a movie. It's about 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's probably a pretty bad movie for those who are listening. My guilty pleasure is that I love bad movies. Right. I mean, bad movies that are movies that are so bad, like you look at people on the screen and you're like, can't you hear the music? Like, don't you know, it's time to move away from where you are. Can't you tell something bad is going to happen? So when you let's let's uh, to clarify, Tim, yeah. are you saying like it's a horribly produced movie or bad movies like these movies? This movie is sinister and it has some dark undertones. Oh, oh, I mean, I mean, I mean the the former. I mean like B C grade actors. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, a plot that might be okay, but. Could be a little 
it could be a little better. That's what I mean. So not not bad as in sinister. But anyway, the movie is called Pulse. P P U L S E Pulse, mm-hmm. and it's a, a Wes Craven movie. Mm-hmm. And it was it, the movie was out in about two thousand and six. And what happened in this movie, Jason? It was a very dark movie. Uh, the sky was overcast most of the time, and it was a group of young college students who one by one each got physically sucked into their computers and they were sucked into their computers by a rogue internet signal, a rogue Wi-Fi signal that could only be stopped by locking yourself in your house and sealing every crack and every crevice with red duct tape. Wow. And as you were only safe if you were in a remote rural area that had no internet. Mm. If you were anywhere near an internet signal, you could literally be sucked away. And as I thought about that movie, I thought about its cultural critique of technology, which I think is at the core of our conversation today. And so for our listeners, you may hear me from time to time talk about symbolism in movies. And look, that's my thing. I'm big on symbolism, Mm -hmm. right? I love Mm -hmm. cinematic art. I love to go to the movies. In fact, Jason, you know this. I'm such a nerd. I go to the movies. uh, I go to the movies by myself and then I come home. And I have a journal and I'll write my observations about the movie in the journal. Right. This is this is my this is what I do for entertainment. Right, Not right. much to do here in Wild Wild, but that's OK. That's listen, another listen for any of you people out there that might be thinking, trying to shame Tim. Listen, going to the movies by yourself is a play like that's a thing. And it's it, it could be quite rewarding and refreshing just to absorb, <laughs> absorb entertainment in that fashion. So, Tim, I'm with you. Bro. Yes, yes, man. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for for helping me not feel like a complete outcast. Wow, I appreciate you, that. You're good. I got you. So wh- wh- when I think about the symbolism, right? So I'm big on symbolism. So when I mm-hmm. think about the symbolism in this movie, and I think of I think of the, this question: What is the meaning of the red tape? Why is it? I kind of understand why it's tape, but why does it have to be red tape? And the more I think about it, the more I thought about the phrase having to go through a lot of red tape. Right. When you, when you have to go through a lot of red tape, it means you have to endure a lot of inconveniences. Right. You, you have to endure maybe unpleasant people mm-hmm. and you have to make your way around a number of difficulties in order to get what you want. So if you Mm -hmm. think about it in the days before technology, if you went to an HBCU like me and Jason and it was time and it was time for registration, you had to to go through some red tape. Okay. Right. I I got to law school. I went to law school. Texas Southern University in Houston, Texas. I'm a proud alumnus of the Thurgood Marshall School of Law, class of 1993, 30th year reunion coming up next year. 
Anyway, I was in line to register for classes. I never forget. It was August of 1990. It was about 10,000 degrees up in that gym. (laughs) And I was standing there. I stood in line for 10 hours. Bruh. Stop. Register for classes and make sure my bill was paid, made sure my loan money came through, Uh. and made sure I walked out of there with my refund check. Don't forget the pale grant. And man, <laughs> listen, you talk about some red tape, Jason. Tell, talk, tell me a red tape experience from your HBCU. So for those of you listening out there, I went to um, Oakwood University. At that time, it was called Oakwood College, home of this is going to date me a little bit of, of, of Brian McKnight um, home uh, or school, if you will, of. Uh, Take six, if you guys can remember them, and virtue and a few other gospel artists. Anyway, uh, um, man, my red tape experience was every year in registration at the Oakwood uh, skating ring. That's what we did our registration. And honestly, Tim, those were days and times that I that I choose to block out of my brain. So the specifics (laughs) I can't tell you, but what I do, what I can tell you is I remember me along with almost every other person and parent, every other student and parent there, we often got in a frenzy because we thought, I don't know, you probably experienced it too. So there were long lines. I can't say 10 hours, but it felt like 10 hours, but to stand in a line, and to get to the front and to finally learn that you don't get me cussed, you were in the wrong line. And they're just like, you need to go. I don't know if you ever seen that Martin episode. You need to go back to scratch. Like, we're scratch. Way back there. And it's, you're just like, you're kidding me. And you're, you're upset. Your parents are upset. And it's just like your parents, they they say, you know what? We can't deal with this. We thought this was going to be a day's activity. It's, it's drawn out and they go home and they just cross their fingers and pray and be like, yo, I hope you get in. If not, uh, we'll send a bus for you. And that's kind of your registration red tape experience after standing in multiple lines. So 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 listen now, red tape mm. in the movie, it was red tape that protected you it was the inconveniences of a life without wi-fi that preserved you and prevented you from being so consumed by technology that you would be physically sucked into your computer you ever Mm. walk down the street or walk across uh uh for me to walk across campus and I walked across campus the other day. I saw three people. None of them even looked at me. You know why? Because they were looking at their phone, transfixed by the screen. My students laugh and joke. I, I, I laugh and joke with my students, and I tell them, listen, when I was in college, you found out that your girlfriend or your boyfriend was cheating on you, you know, and, and you didn't find out right away. You know, now you can find out instantly. You can find out when you walk into class. Wow. And and so 
the 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 critique of the movie or the movie's critique of technology says something about what we consider to be inconveniences versus the world of efficiency that we live in today. And that's something that it tells us is that maybe the red tape we went through once upon a time was not as bad as we made it out to be. Now, listen, I, I, I'm not exaggerating. I tell you, I stood in line for 10 hours. And what was funny was at the end of those 10 hours, I had made about four or five friends. Nowadays, when you go to register, you know what you do? You just go online. Go online. I was wait, waiting for it. But you, you go just, online. You go online and you register. And that experience is convenient, but it does cut out a lot of human contact. And and what I'm interested in, Jason, is your thoughts. So we so we have social media, right? We have Instagram, we have Facebook. We have Twitter, we have YouTube, we have a number of uh, Snapchat some people use. We have all of these platforms for communication. And let me ask you, are we better off or worse off? Are the communities that we're building with social media, good communities, the Facebook groups, is our communication healthy? Is it authentic? Are we really connected through social media or are we more polarized than ever? Tell us about that, Jason. What are your thoughts? So uh, I love the questioning, the line of questioning. When you think about is technology and Facebook is it doing what a lot of people say it's doing in the regards of bringing us closer? I just often understand that there are always two sides to an entity. And, and I think that's where, and I, when I approach life like that and situations like that, it helps me to come with a more balanced approach. And my more balanced approach in that is sure. Sure, Tim. Sure, Chick. Like they are, they have brought people together. I mean, so we can argue, not argue, there are facts and knowledge of where through connections, through Facebook or Instagram, you know, people, people's lives have been saved via, I don't know, maybe someone needed an organ. You've heard things of that mm -hmm. nature where mm -hmm. somebody didn't know somebody one day and the next day they were literally saving someone else's life. So, and that's just one form of connection that is, that can be made through, through uh, social media and technology and the internet. And it's just like, there are thousands of, of similar or same connections that bring people together whether uh, family members who have never met each other or old friends and, and so on. And, you know, Facebook has, for example, has these different silos where there are um, groups and these groups have where people meet in common, you know, 
as a communication coach, I look inside of groups like um, groups that 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 house, if you will, that are containers for people who are introverts, because that's like my one of my primary dem- demographic to help communicators communicate better or come out of a shell or find confidence and things of that nature. And they are in these groups and they're they're either supporting each other, uh, give, you know, having jokes about, you know, some of their deficiencies as as an introvert. Um, but I, I I like you. I, there are some good things about it, Tim, and you have mm-hmm. to know and believe and we've seen it often. There are some very, very dark things about what is given to us by by and by social media and kind of what social media is about is it's exposure. And I think I've often told you that uh, social media is the thing. It's like a it's like kind of like money, like money isn't inherently bad, but it is a it is a thing or means that is used where bad things can happen via the use of money. Uh, you and I also know that there are very many good things that money can help bring an individual, a group of people, a society, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But it is, I guess it's our job tonight to kind of balance the two out by explaining um, you know, what are some things that, uh, what are some effects of, what are some good and some bad effects of what, what social media and technology can do? So you got a little bit of both, Tim, and you just got to hold them in its right, in the right, its right perspective. Hmm. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But you know me, Jason, we have to go a little deeper than that, true, right? True. Because that's a, that's an, that's almost that answer is is almost too easy, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> of course. I mean, and I don't disagree with you. There are good things that when when television came out in the late nineteen forties, early nineteen fifties, that you know there was good things about TV, bad things about TV. There's good things, you know. Money is neutral. I guess social media is neutral. Technology is is neutral. Technology is used to do a lot of good things, for example, in in medicine and in a a wide variety of fields. Uh, It makes our lives more convenient. But I do think there is. If we stop there, Mm -hmm. I think there is an essence of technology that we're missing. And, And the essence of technology that we're missing is that I think. Technology is a manifestation of a demand that reason makes upon us to transform the world into a standing reserve that is always already ready for us for the sake of our own efficiency. We have a certain disposition toward the world. For example, there was a time when rivers were rivers, Mm -hmm. but with the advent of hydropower, a river now becomes a natural resource. Got it. There was a time when trees were trees, but 
with the proliferation of technology and population increases, trees became a natural resource because they provided lumber for housing, firewood, etc. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and and I'm not suggesting that we should be we should be homeless or that we shouldn't have efficiency. But if we're really going to understand technology, especially the technology which undergirds social media, we have to understand that left unchecked or left to our own devices, we will transform ourselves into resources. What are dating apps, Jason, but a an abiding standing reserve of profiles ready at my fingertips for my efficiency? I can just swipe left if I don't like you, swipe right if I do. And if I get tired of the dating app, I can always leave the app and go to another app on my phone and come back. And anytime I get ready, I have a pile of profiles. It's kind of like having a stack of books that you like to read. I want to read this one today. I want to read this one tomorrow. And anytime you get tired, you could just shuffle the deck adjust your preferences and there it is and there is something if we're not if we're not careful now i'm not there's a lot of success stories right with people on dating apps a lot of people have met on dating apps have gotten married have been married for years mm-hmm. a lot of good success stories have come of it there's also been a lot of nightmare horror stories that come from it But the point isn't so much that technology is neutral. It's I think that we have to understand our own disposition to the world as human beings is to make the world efficient for us. And if we're not careful, we will make ourselves the object of that very efficiency. Right. Right. And so, yeah, I'm not going to deny the successes of it. So now let's let's walk that back. Right. And let's talk about social media in this context. Okay, what do we do on social media, Jason? Now, you're you're you're, you are a communications professional. Mm -hmm. You know that an overwhelming majority of our communication is not verbal. Right. Um, And, And what do we get on social media? Well, for the most part, we get verbal communication, unless you have a podcast with a video component where people can actually see you talking, you pretty much are communicating non-verbally. I mean, you're communicating with just verbally, rather, with just words. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. what What are your thoughts about that? I mean, so many different platforms and the the individuals who create these platforms, they tend to ex- they tend to want to accentuate certain certain features of how we communicate to each other um, and like its ability to be like more trendy, you know, like TikTok versus versus Instagram versus, you know, Facebook. If I look at Facebook and how it communicates, even though it's probably the biggest conglomerate um, uh, of or aggregate of 
of people and, and, and profiles and, you know, we can sign into so many apps via Facebook because everyone has it. it it's a, it's probably the grandfather of the large uh, Facebook model as far as social media um, engine, if you will. It's, it's, the, it's the biggest one, but if, and it's also the oldest one that's been sustaining but if you look at it for what it's worth, it's kind of a dinosaur or if you will, in this day and age, like a newspaper, like newspapers still exist, right? Like print still exists, but it's, it's, it's out there. It's, it's, it's not strong as it used to be. And what's strong and sexy and hip and trendy is the Instagram. And I would say Instagram is probably, if there was a tier, if you will, you, um, Facebook would be third and Instagram would be second. And now we have tick, you know, TikTok. And that is probably the leading app, if you will, especially amongst uh, the younger generation and even growing with older generation, they're getting on there trying to use it. And it's fueled by, I think it's fu it's fueled, fueled by verbal expression, but it also uh, audio, you know, audio, verbal uh, and visual. Like there's a visual component, especially to TikTok. And you got people moving and dancing and it's, you know, it's it, it's trying to, you know, to segue into something that's almost kind of real life as much as it, it has been audio and verbal, Tim, it's it's a, it's been a, a transitioning to especially with Instagram it being about pictures and then pictures are now moving. Right. So there's some visual component to that as far as being able to communicate something. And people find as there's some people find themselves more and more becoming addicted to that type of presentation of communication. So you got verbal transition into to 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 a kind of a musicality or audio along with a visual. It's an elixir, if you will, of of drawing people in and as, as social beings, like you get those things into our primary senses and the dopamine starts, starts uh, kicking in. It can be something that is very addictive. When you start, when you get on these platforms, it can be really hard to get off. And um, those people that are behind the scenes, they're manipulating us in, in a lot of ways to keep us there. So Talk about a natural resource. We are the resource and people, they, they draw us into these apps, these free apps, but they're not free because something, something is, there is some, some type of exchange happening, whether we actually know it or not. And this is the exchange of our time and attention. And they know how to manipulate us to make sure that our time and attention is being harnessed, if you will by advertisements and everything else that they get to have on these particular app, uh, apps and platforms that continues to suck and to suck our energy, if you will, just like we were trees, just like we were coal, just like we were water in a lot of ways in order to make some money, bro. So this is a, you got me talking about a, a slippery slope and um, this is the, the dark doldrum of what social media is. And, it wasn't my it wasn't for me to be talking about this. This was your job. This was your job. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, we like our conversations here at Motown Philly to be organic, right? Exactly. And so this is this is where it went. <laughs> you know, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking of how the social media companies through the manipulation of technological reasoning and technological thinking and psychology, human psychology, all of these converge together to get people on these apps with a very high difficulty of getting off, especially if you're now here in Motown Philly, what are we about, Jason? Communication, connection, connection and, and community. community. How many, how much inauthentic community is fostered by the type of thing that you just described, right? Mm. How, how, are we really connecting or or is being on social media a lot sort of like eating a diet of strictly desserts. What would it be like every day if every day all you ate were desserts? If every day all you ate was cheesecake, donuts, ice cream, pie, cake. You know what would happen? After a while, you start to get sick. Because although they taste good going down, you can't eat just that. Mm -hmm. It's not good for you. So you can't have just a steady diet of social media. You can't make Instagram or Facebook or Twitter the source of your news. No. You, you, if you're relying on that for your news source and you're relying on people who call themselves influencers for the development of your own opinions and views you are eating a steady diet of desserts that while it tastes good going down will make you very unhealthy if that's all you eat which brings me to another disadvantage of social media which is that just because you are popular does not mean that you are right or influence culture influencer culture and and you know and i'm not listen listen now look y'all are listening you like tim jason now wait a minute at the end of y'all podcast today, y'all going to say you share this on your social media. I used to hashtag Motown Philly. Yup, that's exactly what we're going to say. And that's the reason why we have a podcast, which I think is a good segue into some of the benefits of social media and communication. We believe that if we did not occupy this space on social media, I mean, at some point, Jason and I believe in what we do, right? Definitely. And if we didn't believe in what we were doing, we wouldn't have this podcast. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason we have this podcast is precisely because we believe the social media space it can be so overwhelmed with garbage uh -huh. that it helps to have what we think are a couple of good voices out there in that space. All right. So, yeah, we're going to tell you to share on your social media platforms. We're going to tell you to use the hashtag Motown Philly. We're going to ask you to subscribe and make sure you get those upload notifications and all of that. And we're doing that because we want to be and I don't want to sound corny here, but we hope to be a beacon of light 
in a dark place. So we think you can use it for good. We just don't think it's a good idea to go overboard with it. I don't know. Would that be your view, Jason? I mean, yeah. I mean, I like the analogy of social media can be a type of dessert because, I mean, we haven't talked about it, and I'm not sure if we, we will as far as, you know, you and I often talk about, talk about what you know, um, but you and I, mm-hmm. and I think it's researched, well-publicized research that something happens to our body chemistry when we look at social media and we get these dopamine hits, um, which is a hormone that actually stimulates excitement mm-hmm. and we get these types of experiences on every post. I mean, definitely depending on what post you look at, but there is some level of excitement or some type of chemical fire when we see a post, when we read a post, when we um, view it or interact with it, like something happens. And then when they interact with us, like that happening over time, we're not saying like it's bad. We use it, of course, but that happening over time and you, sp- I think Tim's, his operative word was when you do, when you do it a lot, I think a mm. lot That's is, right. is what we're talking about. And let's just be honest. We often hear about, and we are, and whether we hear or whether we experience, let me be the first to raise my hand. I like being vulnerable. Yo, know, I, I and forgive my, my speech. I be on social media and there are times where, I have to delete the app in order to focus on my life because it has altered some of my body chemistry. And like, there's a behavioral response to a certain type of day or a certain type of situation. If I go to a, uh, some type of store or some type of office building where it's not my turn, but I have to stand in line. What am I going to do? What are we going to do, Tim? We're going to pull out the old phone because no one's talking to us right now. So let me let me engage in something else. And just as you saw those students walking across the the campus and they didn't look up at you, how often have we walked across wherever and we might have been looking at our phone and did and ignored some mm-hmm. someone else too. So we're not we're not the police out here. We're just trying to identify. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the Tim and I, our main mantra is becoming aware, like really. And that's in every, in every way possible, because there's so many things that are in our lives that can sit there on a subconscious level that are affecting our lives heavily. And social media can be one of them. And Maybe you are, maybe it's on some level, you're not aware of how much social media is affecting you. And if this podcast can help you understand that it might be ruining your drive for motivation, it might be mo- ruining your dream that you have to go and to do something you've always wanted to do, whether it's start a podcast or whether it's start a business or whether it's to be more healthy physically or mentally, emotionally. If it's robbing you of because you're you're using it as a distraction from what hurts or what needs to be done or needs to be fixed or worked on, like we at the end of the day want to make you aware 
um, of these things. But social media, yes, it can be used as it can be used and overused and it can be a negative point of view in your life. And it can definitely be harnessed, I think, harnessed in a good way. So where positivity comes out of it and your life can be better through certain connection, not every connection, like Tim said, but through certain connections, you can grow and be a better person. I've met some what I believe to be really good and beautiful people um, through some social media connections. And I know Tim has told me often about some people who he's connected with through Facebook. Facebook and other forms of social media. Um, Tim, if you want to share, uh, I think that that would be good. If you want to share about that, that group that you often tell me about of girls who uh, you love and support. And it's when you see them and support them uh, mm-hmm. on Instagram, it just, it really brings you joy mm-hmm. and you've connected with them and they've kind of talked to you a little bit about it. Can you share mm-hmm. that? Sure, yeah. Jason. Sure. Let's so let's let's put this in perspective first. I think uh, I like everything you said, Jason, and what you said is is true. That social media has its disadvantages, and I think if there's one takeaway we want you to have from this episode, it's that social media should never be an end, but it should always be a means to a greater end. Social media, your social life should not be entirely on social media. True. Social media is not a substitute for face-to-face communication, connection, and community building with others. Yeah, that's good. And Jason and I will t- will tell we'll talk about social media. As Jason said, we both use social media. And we're going to tell you to promote our podcast on social media. So it isn't that social media is bad in itself. It's just that we have to conceive of it not as a substitute for communication connection and community but as a means to achieve mm-hmm. communication connection and community yeah and that. with with that said i went to college with a with a lot of good people mm-hmm. i mean i went to college with a lot of good people and some of my best friends from college were a group of sisters by sisters i mean black women mm-hmm who were members of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Shout out to the Deltas. I've always been a fan of the Deltas. My sister-in-law is the Delta. And after many years apart, me and about three or four other Deltas graduated college together, hadn't seen them in a long time, and we were able to reconnect through Facebook. And every time they post something or... One of them posted a picture a few years back on Throwback Thursday with me and them at a black student union party. When I was in college, I was president of the black student union and we were there hanging out and I was looking at the picture and the the nostalgia was just overwhelming. And these are these are wonderful women who have gone on. They've gotten married. They've had children. But like me, they have very fond memories of our time in college together. And it's nice to connect with them. But notice what's happening here. I did not 
build a connection with them through social media. I had a connection with them that social media helped to revive. Right. right. And I think that's the difference. Now, that said, I have also met some good people through social media. Right. Right. Which is which is a good thing. I I've shared at some point uh, next year, Jason, I'm sure we'll get into this. Uh, we're going to do an episode on um, e the emotional abuse and, and that sort of thing. And I gave a TED talk about six plus six and a half years ago. And when I gave that talk, it was published on YouTube. I've been fortunate to been able to raise awareness about the emotional abuse of men in a variety of contexts. The talk has over 1.3 million views. I'm very fortunate for that opportunity and the fact of the matter is when that is shared or every time that's shared on social media, every time people view it, I have gotten uh, emails. I've gotten email. I got an email from one man who told me he was about to kill himself until he saw my TED talk. Wow. And so I've met people and connected with people that way. Right. I remember calling him on the phone and Jason, I've shared emails I've gotten from other men. I mean, it seems like the more time that goes by, the more my talk gets circulated, the more people, men reach out to communicate with me. I had a woman reach out to communicate with me and ask me, she said, I'm listening to you. I've listened to your Ted talk and I think I might be the abuser. What can I do to stop hurting my husband? Wow. Right. And wow. that's because of social media. But remember, again, social media is not the end game. Social media is a means to the end. Right. Mm -hmm. Of raising awareness, which helps do what? Improve communication, connection and build stronger community. True. So whether it's people reconnecting with people who I've known from college or using social media to raise awareness about a serious social or cultural problem. I think that social media can be and is very useful in that way. The questions you have to ask yourself, I think. And again, you know, I love what Jason said because he's, he's right. We don't have all the answers, but we hope that we, at the very least, we can encourage you to ask the right questions. And as he pointed out, self-awareness is everything. Yeah. So ask yourself, what kind of what kind of communication am I doing? What kind of connection am I am I fostering? Mm -hmm. What kind of community am I building? Mm -hmm. And we need you to ask yourself those questions because we don't want you to use social media as an end in itself. You should use social media as a means to the end of connection your cell phone and its social media apps should never become a substitute for human interaction good, good. I, I i think that's what we're saying if it comes to the point where your entire social life is mediated through your phone i think maybe you've gone too far what do you think jason no, I was just going to ask you to kind of unpack that a little bit more as far as using it to using it as a means versus using it as an endpoint. And I think you started to bring it out. It's the fact that you don't want if you're looking at it as as 
the end game. It's just like, this is where I live, so to speak. You know, they're building what we know to be something called and have built it already. So to a degree, they're building it more something called the metaverse. And if you talk to, if you guys have a conversation with Tim about the metaverse, he'll give you his honest, unadulterated opinion about how sick that the idea of the metaverse is. I'm a little bit more open and that's, um, that's just, that's just my views to it. But uh, the point is uh, a lot of people are looking at social media and apps as to where they do their interaction. Like the social part of social media shouldn't be, shouldn't be like where you live or where you, where you park your car or, you know, or where you go in a certain house or room to only have the, you know, what are, what are said to be connections and they, they can be connections, but it's like, they can only, you can only connect so far when you're talking to someone through a computer. And I think that's what we're trying to bring out. Like we're not trying to discount uh, the actual, a type of connection that you can make through social media, but understand that that person lives in a real world on the other side. And it, it would behoove all of us to see if we find some type of value in the connection to see how you can translate that connection into, especially, you know, you know, translate that connection into something that's tangible, perhaps, uh, and in some way via phone call or meetup or on something, something to that extent, because we are humans to the core of us and we need human interaction, real human interaction. We need, we need to, to touch people. We need to laugh. We need to go visit and eat and do things together and experience people outside the realm of what a computer is. And that would be, um, that would be um, the means part is to make something that happen that happened to, to spark or to, to be initiated or to be conceived that started on social media that it grows to something that 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 comes out in some type of reality format that's beneficial, hopefully, for both individuals who are who are doing the interaction, or if it's there, if there's a group that you can have some type of connection that that is more tangible than just what's behind the television, a, a computer screen or phone. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I agree, Jason. I agree. We. Everything, I mean, are there's some people who think fruit comes from the grocery store. <laughs> and we forget that the bananas, apples, oranges, pears, berries, melons, the things that we eat, they don't come from the produce aisle. They come from the earth. They come from plants that grow up out of the earth that need sunlight and water and that need to be nurtured in a certain type of way. And again, we haven't really reached the essence of what technology of, 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 we haven't reached the essence of technology until we realize that it is, it is our disposition to understand bananas as coming from the produce aisle, because in the produce aisle, the bananas are always already there for us as a standing reserve. They're ready. Nobody in the, where I live works on a banana plantation. Nobody actually has to care for the trees and harvest them and do any of the work. 
through commerce, everything, our relationship to the earth is mediated in some sense. We just go to the store and we get it. And the store has to make sure they have it because the store has to have a standing reserve. And this is what, uh, this is what the philosopher Martin Heidegger has called in framing. Human beings are inframed. There is a demand placed upon us to see the world, to be disposed to the world in ways that it's convenient to us. And when we do that, we overlook nature. We overlook the, the banana trees, the places where berries come from and mushrooms come from. We think we go to the store, we get it, we come home, we cook a nice steak, we make the steak with mushrooms and crispy potatoes and some cream spinach, and we forget that many of those things come from animals that need care, right? Even if it is just a care for slaughter, right? So there's a there's a we become disconnected from the world the more connected that we become through technology. And again, I don't think Jason and I are here to tell you that technology is, is irredeemably bad. Instead, I think what we're here to tell you is just make sure that it's a means to the greater end. Just be aware mm -hmm. that our tendency, our tendency is okay. to make everything a standing reserve. Uh, and, and I just, I want to say this to give this last example. There's a commercial. Jason was talking about the metaverse earlier, right? And apparently Jason turned me on to this, uh, over the summer, there's a device called an Oculus and you put it on and you can essentially become whoever you want to become. Now, just a moment ago, I talked about how nobody that goes to the grocery store has to care for a banana tree or harvest fruit out of the ground. And there's a TV commercial with a young man, a young black man laying on his bed, looking up at the ceiling. And he talks about how he wants to be the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Talks about how he wants to drop dimes to his receivers and throw the game winning touchdown pass, etc. Know the playbook and, you know, call the right plays or what have you. And he puts on the Oculus, which is this device you put on like a pair of glasses almost where you can look into this virtual world and all you have to do is look into it. And he's the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, just a minute ago, we said you go to the store and get bananas, but you don't have to take care of banana tree. You don't have to do any of the work, but you can reap the benefits right here. Here's a guy. Now, if you want to be quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, it would seem to me that if you really wanted to do that, you have to do a lot of work, right? First of all, you have to be a good enough athlete. You'd have to cultivate your athletic skill from a, being a very teenage young boy, teenage boy. Uh, you'd have to go to high school. You'd have to play well there. Then you'd have to go to college. You'd have to play well there. You'd have to be engaged in a variety of, of physical, uh, at a high level of physical fitness and and you'd really have to have your diet right. And you'd have to be in a really, I mean, you'd have to become Dak Prescott, right? I mean, when you contrast the young man in that commercial with the all the effort and hard work that Dak Prescott puts in to be quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, it's easy to see 
that technology has created a situation in which much like the grocery store, you don't have to do any of the work, but you can fantasize about getting the results. Mm -hmm. And this week, I mean, when you, uh, and here's the thing, I, I can't stand the Dallas Cowboys. And I can't stand Dak Prescott. Bro, bro, stop. You about to cut. You, you might cut but, half of our listeners because you I'm sorry. never know. I'm you sorry. You well, never know. I, you never know. Well, to, I, to all the Cowboy fans out there, I, I apologize for my little rant right here. But, yo, Jason, no, I'm from Philly. And the first words out of you, the first words you learn how to say as a baby, baby. in Philly is Dallas sucks. Oh, That's the goodness. first thing you learn how to say. Uh, my point is, I don't even like Dak Prescott, but you have to respect <laughs> the work that it takes that he has to put in to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League for any team, not just for the Dallas Cowboys. So I just, you know, my my point here to to our listeners, Jason, and I think it's consistent with your point is social media as long as we use it as a means rather than an end, as long as we're asking ourselves. And I think that's the takeaway to our listeners from this episode. True, man. You should always be asking yourself in your use of any technology or social media, how am I communicating? How am I connecting? And what kind of community am I building? Right. Because social media is not the end, but communication connection and community are the ends and if we use social media as a means to get there then i think that's all right you know i was just thinking as you were saying that there typically three type can be three types of people on social media especially when we talk about these heavy duty media apps facebook instagram and and tiktok if you find yourself in these categories when you talk about thinking about what you're doing while you're on these apps you need to be in the mindset of where am I, where am I on these, on this, these three uh, paradigms, if you, if you will. So one is someone who is using Facebook to do something with, like, for example, my, my particular page, it is dedicated to what I do for a living. And it's, it's dedicated to educate individuals and let them know that there are, I have services to help. And the second one is, um, yes, I have a profile and I and I post things on it, but I'm not on there often. And when I do, it's kind of like I post um, at times, like uh, it's almost like a, I'm creating my own personal yearbook that I'm choosing to share with other people who I who follow me and I allow to follow and um, fo who follow who I follow and who I allow to follow follow me. So you have somebody who's using it for purposed, a purposed um, activity uh, or, or even for a career or job. And then you have someone who's just kind of using it casually. I think Tim might fall into that category. And then you have someone who's who might be doing a conglomerate of both. Maybe they, they're posting um, their own family and or business, but their mindset in doing it is just more or less to be on the app and you don't necessarily have a true means to an end, if you will, Tim. Mm -hmm. And you, and if you are this third person, you are somebody who is susceptible to, to like becoming a, 
in a lot of ways, a voyeur. Like you can use it as a time waste or as time suck. And if you if you go on the app with the intention of, am I being purposeful? Am I posting something in, in a yearbook kind of like format? Just an FYI, I did this and then hopping off. That's a, those two seem pretty good. But when you when you we don't check in with ourselves well and and figure out that we're just we're not really posting about what our purpose is and we're not really posting about like what you know that last thing that happened in our life today and then hopping off but we're just hanging out like that's what it is social media that's that's good i think we're getting somewhere or we've been getting somewhere i think we're getting to like a pinnacle like social media you shouldn't hang out it's not a great place to hang out you should hang out in real life places that's right you're you're again your social life should not entire should not be on social media entirely there may be aspects of your social life that are on social media where you as i said where you connect with old friends or where you make new connections with people who you then talk to off of the app but you should never be entirely on social media, your, your, your social life has to extend beyond that. And I think Jason's point is well taken. If, if you're not using social media for a specific purpose, for example, social media has done wonders for entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. especially small businesses and restaurants uh, on Instagram who are able to post appetizing uh, pictures of their food that make their food look appetizing. I mean, that is a free resource for a small business that saves that business overhead. It used to be that you had to rely solely on word of mouth or in the days of phone books. I know some of our listeners may not even know what they are, but in the days of the yellow pages, you would have to pay for ads and all of that. But you don't have to do that in the age of social media, because if you own a small business, you own a restaurant, you can just take pictures of your food and you can use the filters and have everything look mouthwatering and appetizing and you use the right hashtags. And the next thing you know, you got business, you got a line going out of your front door and that can be a good thing. But again, Is that restaurant owner on social media trying to build a social life? Nope. They're on social media trying to build a business. Right, bro. And that is the kind of thing that I think, you know, again, that's the classic example of social media being a means rather than an end in itself. I guarantee you that restaurant owner got friends. He got family. He or she, they got friends, family, loved ones. They're not on Instagram to get friends, family, and loved ones. They're on Instagram to build a business. And that if you're going to use social media, or I think that's one of the clearest examples of what Jason and I are talking about. Jason, your brand, the speaker's mechanic brand, is is a brand that you advertise on social media. And it's done wonders for entrepreneurs. So things like that are things that you sort of we sort of have to acknowledge are good. We just don't want you to be stuck in a rut where all of your communication, all of your connection and all of your community is virtual. Cause to me, one of the greatest oxymorons is virtual reality. If it's virtual, it ain't ain't reality. reality. True. (laughs) Well, Jason, I think we are at the end of episode sweet 16. 
my brother. Sweet 16. We growing up, bro. Six. Hey, listen, man. You see, you ever see those glow ups on TikTok where people show you their eighth grade picture and they teeth coming out the side of their face and all of that? And then they do the glow up, and the next thing you know, they up there looking like an Instagram model. Mm -hmm. That's me. That's Motown Philly right now. We might be a little long in the tooth right now. Our hair might not be combed just right. Our teeth might be coming out of the side of our face and whatnot. We might need braces, but you give us, you give us, give us a little while. We finna glow up. Up yo, in this yo, that's, that's a good social media analogy. <laughs> analogy. <laughs> and yeah. Way to go, Tom. Way, yeah. to, way to tie that all in together. TikTok, man. Jason, where can they find you, brother? Or where can they find you on social media? Uh, well, we're talking about social media. Listen, if if you are I'm doing I'm doing some surveys and, and why not give a plug for um this particular thing that I am uh, doing in, in regards to specifically African-American males, if you can reach out to me on, on Instagram specifically, or even LinkedIn, uh, Jason Hall on LinkedIn, but on Instagram, uh, you can reach out to the speakers mechanic and DM me. I am interviewing a, a trying to interview, get to a number of 50 um, black professional males who, uh, who speak in spaces and communicate or try to communicate effectively in spaces that are not necessarily native to them. So professional spaces where you might be feeling some insecurities or you have to communicate and you want to be confident in doing so, or, or you maybe work through some things psychologically when it comes to having to stand up and speak before people who, who may or may not look like you uh, because it's not as diverse and it's not necessarily native to a practice that you are you have been used to doing. So look me up on on Instagram at, at the speakers mechanic um, on LinkedIn, Jason Hall, communication coach, and Twitter, Jason Hall Speaks. Thanks. Tim, where can we find you, my friend? You can find me on Twitter at DRTJ Golden ESQ at DRTJ Golden ESQ on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at a good golden man. And you can find me on Facebook at Tim Golden. Three things in life are certain death, taxes, and I'm the only black man in Walla Walla, Washington named Tim Golden. So you can find me there in the city. So nice. They had to say it twice. Walla Walla. Jason, social media and communication. Thank you, my brother, for another enlightening conversation. I always learn so much from you and I'm grateful to have you part of my life and grateful that we are able to do this podcast together in some ways, this is the highlight of my week. So thank you, my brother. I love you beyond words. Appreciate you, Tim. Um, likewise to all of those sentiments. Um, this is definitely a time that is enriching. Like we put in energy, we put in effort. We have our production meeting now. That's where we at y'all mm-hmm. doing production meetings, but uh, definitely enjoy this conversation, organic conversation. If you think Tim and I plan this heavily, we have a framework we just we 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 seek to make this conversation very genuine um, as, as vulnerable as possible and um, with a with a sprinkle of love and communication you know 
we we do our best to 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 bring ourselves to this to this space and tim i appreciate you and love you bro thank you man we will be back next week we just we, jason i don't know about you man but we just keep i mean i don't know how you feel but we just keep delivering the content we coming at y'all again next week with episode 1717 of the motown philly podcast topic tba but y'all will be hearing from us next week thanks for listening y'all so we love you take good care of yourselves and together we can achieve our common humanity mad love talk to you next week later guys take care